When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California, this is the Knapsack Files. I'm Ken Knapsack. For another edition of the Knapsack Files Q&A edition, last week we started this Q&A. It was impromptu. Like, what should I do today? I don't want to just talk to myself. I want you guys to put some good thought starters in my brain. And over on patreon.com slash the Napsack Files, people stepped up. They stepped up within minutes. Because I put that post up. I was going to be recording in an hour, and I got some great questions. I had so much fun answering the questions. And we've done it before. We'll do it again. But I had so much fun last week that I didn't get to all of them. And I had all of them out that I, I needed to get to, and I just didn't get to them. That's my bad. But I'm going to bring you on this journey for a second week because I like doing this. I like hearing your guys' thoughts, questions, calls for advice, all those fun things. And it sends me down paths I might not go myself. Last week's episode was sponsored by The Female Gaze, the new book by Alicia Malone. And guess what? Still sponsored by The Female Gaze, the new book by Alicia Malone, Mango Publishing. Go check it out. Go to Amazon. Just type in The Female Gaze by Alicia Malone. Find the book. Buy it, get it in hardcover, get a Kindle edition. But we're proud of Alicia for putting out her second book. Friend of the show, friend indeed, and I hope you guys, if you haven't already, will consider supporting her. All right. Let's answer some questions. What do you say? First one comes to us from Tamor. Tamor asks, do you ever have an addiction for spending on things you want over things you need? Timor says, I've been trying to get a hold on on this addiction, but it's become extremely tough. I know this addiction is not going away anytime soon, but is there any advice you can give me to start tackling this problem I have? Oh, you guys thought I was going to start with, like, what kind of eggs do you like? Scrambled or over easy? No, no, no. We're going in a little more, going a little more, a little more deep. A little philosophical question here. I actually can sympathize and empathize with Tamor. I have this problem too. Now, I don't think I suffer from any true addiction other than naps, but I've seen addiction in other people's lives very close to me, including addiction to shopping, spending money. It can it can wreak some havoc for sure, but it can be dealt with like any kind of addiction. And I think that's the place to start, Tamor. You, you want advice that I can give you to start tackling this problem. I'm no trained professional, but I think the fact that you acknowledge it, I think that's key to any kind of recovery, any kind of change in your life, acknowledging there's that problem and then working towards it and knowing you'll fail, knowing you'll go on another spending spree, but know that you can recover again the next day. Now, that's serious stuff there, and I don't know what Tamor's uh, buying. Maybe a collection of Porsches, or maybe it's collector forks for his kitchen. I don't know. But I know, for me, it's things, collectibles, 
things with a capital T. And things, it's not a problem. I don't feel bad for owning things. I don't feel any regrets for owning things. We are in an age of things. <laughs> things have been emerging since the 60s, 50s, really. I, I think pop culture as it is now, the, the template for pop culture, for what we watch, what we enjoy, and how we watch and enjoy it, really kind of got into high gear in the 50s. Post-war, suburban boom, uh, you know, big wars are over. We won the big wars, one and two. We were on the winning team there. So now let's go listen to some rock and or roll music. And we got TV now and things and uh, pop culture is now a thing. And it's in our homes. And I think that's where it all began. So we can't put that genie back in the box. Uh, we can buy the box and the bottle that she's in. Um, but, you know, I don't feel bad about a lot of the things I have. I don't regret it. But I realize it can sometimes be a problem. Yeah, Tamor's talking about some serious, but I'm talking about Funko Pops. Funko Pops, those tiny little vinyl plastic collectibles featuring your favorite characters, short squat with big head with a big head and big eyes. Big plain eyes with no pupils. They're kind of freaky. Looks like all your favorite figures are just stoned like they're on a Simon and Garfunkel album cover. But I, I, I kind of have an addiction to getting those things. I don't I don't need them. I want them. I want, 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 want. And that's the, that's the problem, right? So about a year ago, I had to face that. I had to kind of confront myself on what am I doing with all this stuff? And I moved, and that helped because I had everything down on my living room floor. Boxes. I had those totes. You know, totes you can get at, like, uh, you know, Target, Walgreens, Walmart, whatever. Uh, just don't put babies in those totes. They have the warnings on them. Put Funko Pops in them, not babies. I had like three and a half of those just piled up with Funko Pops. Not on display, not out of the package. Just I have them. Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Pro Wrestling, Funko Pops. A couple Indiana Jones. I love those. I'm so proud of all of them. And I have them. And I have these things. And I can't beat myself up for them, but I knew I had to stop. And they do bring me joy. And that's one of the things about this, too. Retail therapy is a, is a thing. It's a, I keep saying thing. There's a lot of things in the world. But retail, retail therapy is it's valid on some levels. Uh, it's, it's like with any kind of therapy. It's needed. Having a rough time? Go buy yourself a nice dress. Go buy yourself a new shirt. It's valuable. Makes you feel good. Sometimes this addiction to spending will hit me at a grocery store. Now, I need food, but I want this. And this could be, you know, a bunch of fancy uh, Zevia so uh, soda pops that I uh, don't really need or a fancy steak or something. I, ooh, there's a $13 ribeye. Don't, I, don't, I don't need it, but I definitely want it. And the addiction spending comes out. Just take it. Just get it for yourself. It's that little voice. It's that little voice. Just get the Funko Pop. Get the Funko Pop. Get the Funko Pop. Get the, get the Funko Pop. It's with me all the time. So back when I'd moved, I, I had a, a job. I was gainfully employed. Had a little bit of discretionary income. I, I had the means. Um, I should have been saving for a future in which I had no job. But, eh, you know, that's 2020. But I, uh, I, I indulged. I really started indulging back in 2014. I didn't have, I had, I had Star Wars stuff, 
had some Star Wars t-shirts, but I didn't have what I have now. Didn't have what I have now. And I started hosting Jedi Alliance with Maud Garrett, and we would put some some toys on the uh, front there on the table. A lot of people did that. Pardon the interruption. Started the sports talk show on ESPN, which has been going on for so long. They're the ones they had like those weird face uh, cardboard cutouts of faces in the back. And I just when we did uh, got to Jedi Alliance with this big blank table in front of us. So I was like, I want to I want to put some toys down. Well, I didn't have a ton, and I didn't have a ton of T-shirts, so so I needed to buy them, or I should say. I wanted to buy them. I could have done the show without any of that stuff. And, you know, Mod had a wonderful collection of Star Wars apparel and some toys, but it was all mine, and it was just this, like, ah, I I need to have this, I need to have this. No, you want to have this. And it built up from there. At one point, I think uh, I went 29 or 30 straight episodes of Jedi Alliance with a different Star Wars shirt every time. And I didn't have all of them, when the show started, I went crazy purchasing a lot of those shirts. Just got rid of a few of them, actually. Just got like about 10 of them. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to wear these anymore. So all I had to say, that whole builds up to now when I'm moving a year ago and I have some money and things are okay. And I'm looking on the floor of my apartment and going, what, what, what do I have all this stuff for? I love it, and it brings me joy to have it. And I love the Funko Pops. The Funko Pops, it's the, it's the box. The box is what grabs me in. But I have all these other things, too. Six inch black series figures. And uh, again, it's okay. I, there's no shame in this. I have, I have no shame in it. But it became a point where I needed to stop. And I think that's what Tamor's getting at here. All right, how do you stop? When you know it's a problem, which I think is the first step, how, how do you fix it? you got to take those steps. So I would deny myself. I'd walk into my comic shop. I'd see a bunch of the new solo Funko Pops or new Game of Thrones Funko Pops. And I'd have to tell myself no. Now, as we talk about a lot when you're trying to battle something, you have to allow for the failure. Just this past weekend, I bought three of them. Now they were all discounted, 50% off and $5. And I'm happy with that. I waited. But then it was like a reward. One of them, Combat Poncho Leia riding a speeder bike, I've been coveting for almost this entire year that I've been denying myself these toys, and finally got it for 50% off. Look at that. My patience was rewarded. But you will fail. So, Tamor, I think just start there. You got an addiction to shopping. You seem to know what you want versus what you need, what you can do, what you can afford. Now, you just have to make the decision to start. I think you already have. All right, coming up now, that's a loud motorcycle. Love recording by a street and an airport. But you got to roll with it. Next question comes from Chris Alexakos. Chris is a great dude. Greek all the way. We shared a slice of pizza in Chicago once at, at an event. How you doing, Chris? Thanks for checking in. Thanks for your question, which is, what do you think is the most productive way to increase exposure in this digital media age? Long-form interviews like the Napsack Files, a variety of comedy shows like The Afternoons. I tend to gravitate towards the latter as a type of content as a consumer. What do, my, what do your data and experience say? Wow. Great question, Chris, because I am asking myself this question 
constantly. How do you increase exposure in an age where content is everywhere? Like, it's possible. And in fact, I would want it. In fact, why don't we make this happen? It's possible in this digital media age that I could tell you guys, guess what? The Afternoons has a new home. We're going to be a TV show on gas station pumps. And I would want that because there'd probably be money in it for a while. It's a weird age, right? It's a weird. It used to be so clear back in the day. You have to go through a lot more hoops. The gates were up. And you had to climb them. You had to storm the castle. Now, with all this technology, anyone can do it, and the cream will rise to the top, and I think that's a great thing. But how do you make a living off of it? Or if you don't want to go for a living, you do want people to hear or read or see the things you're doing, so how do you get that exposure? It's not that simple. You know, Force Center and even me, we're trying to have a little bit more of a presence on YouTube 10 years after we all should have. Um, but, you know, we're trying to increase that footprint, get that branding out there. It does help. A lot of people listen to podcasts on YouTube. I don't, and I, therefore I get kind of stubborn on that. But that might be the first step, Chris. Don't get stubborn. Don't get locked into what you think is the way to do it because it will change. I didn't want to be on YouTube at all with Force Center. Then we kind of decided, you know, with some commentary tracks, and let's, let's put our own stuff out there. Your channel's kind of sitting there dormant. Let's do something with it. But we can't break through the algorithms. We can't break through that YouTube wall. YouTube's going to reward, you know, the, the the channels that go out. And here's 15 reasons why Holdo was a bad leader. And, uh, you know, uh, yay for them. You know, I, I, oh, it's, it's, I don't watch Star Wars that way. They do. That's fine. That's fine. Um, I think there's a little bit too much of a, Sexist tint to it, but that's just me. Um, so, where you know, there's no true playbook. This is still the wild, wild west. Did I say west or west? Well, it is west, no matter what I said. So, long form interviews. There was a time when people swore, swore up and down. No one wants to watch anything on YouTube that is more than insert amount. Four minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen. No one, no one, no one, no one. When the schmoes know live show and podcast began and kind of really started going to YouTube and all that kind of thing. No, we got told several times. Mark and Christian got told several times. No one wants to listen. No one wants to sit down for two hours and, and, and hang out with you all. And, you know, though the Schmoes uh, live show hit maybe a, a limit or hit a wall, the word got out. The show grew. The show became something. You, no one there was stubborn. Let's try something new. And then you, the frustrating part, I think the other half of this, Chris, and to, to your question is, then just when you think you've got something or something seems to be working, that hits a wall. That hits a wall. We're in this age where this this thing where a lot of people and a mixed on a lot of people think, all right, YouTube started in the bedrooms. You started with the uh, cameras and cams and vlogs, and it's still that's still very very um, much a part of it. 
But then that was kind of the driving the entertainment in the digital media. Then, you know, podcasts were always there, but then they kind of exploded. That's long form, but then you got short form. And then suddenly everyone was doing produced, you know, uh, the, the movie talks of the world back in the AMC days. I do give them credit for getting to that. And let's do, you know, Sports Center. Sports has Sports Center. Let's do our own versions of it. We sit, we're pundits and we sit behind a desk and we say entertaining things and schmoes were doing their thing. All, all that kind of stuff was, you know, coming around there. But just when you thought, all right, we broke through, it changes again. And now people don't always want to see the highly produced TV shows on YouTube. Uh, 12 people sitting around talking about movies. Some people do. But now it is, hey, now go back to the basics of sitting in your room, sitting in a tight space with some microphones. I mean, I get I get a lot of requests from a lot of you wonderful listeners out there. Put your entire podcast on YouTube. I don't have the bandwidth to do it all the time. I'm trying to do some encore uh, presentations. Um, but to even without video, it, it takes a lot. It takes a lot. And a lot of people are independent. So that's part of the battle, too. So I don't know. I don't know, Chris. I've been in this now. This digital really been in, in, in just up to my neck and sleeves rolled up in digital media since 2012, and I've watched it changed, change dramatically and change fast. So that might be the thing. How do you increase exposure? Always look for new ways and always look for things that are changing. I might be doing stuff again on Anchor. I was doing that show Daily Thrones uh, through 2016, 2017, uh, talking about Game of Thrones every day into my phone uh, on this little thing, little startup called Anchor. And then we were getting compensated for it. And to be blunt, they they removed that compensation, so I stopped doing the show. But in that time, they've changed some things. Now it's easier to get advertising. They are, uh, if you host your podcast on Anchor, it's now a podcast. When at first it was just this little two, three-minute chunks a piece kind of show on on Anchor. Uh, on, on a phone, I should say. Then that started to change. And so now I'm looking at them now. And Knapsack Files is staying where it is. Force Center staying where it is. Um, but I have to look at options for other stuff I'm doing. And I don't want to be too spread out, but it's like, all right. So Casterly Talk is, is going to be coming out soon here. It's the next Patreon goal to hit. And it's, I'm, I'm going to put it back on Anchor, as at least right now, because it looks like they've chained, made some changes and I can see them being viable where they weren't a year ago. So that's part of it, too. YouTube is still here. YouTube is still the most powerful. I always call it the Kleenex of the online video world. Uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, it's the Kleenex uh, to the rest of the world's tissue. Um, but it's harder now, and they've had a change. So the most productive way to increase exposure is to not be stubborn, to constantly look for new ways. And despite all my experience... Despite other people's experience, sometimes you just have to admit you don't really know. Next question from Corey Morissette up there in Canada. Canadia, as I occasionally will say when I mess up. Corey uh, 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 had a chance to recently meet Julian Glover, General Fears, Grand Maester Picel, Walter Donovan. Great experience. Uh, Corey, let me know about that. He writes, is there a place in today's fandom for positivity? 
I was supposed to help write a book called Your Favorite Movie Sucks. It was designed to nitpick some of the more popular movies out there. I just can't get excited about this project and would rather rather write about something positive when it comes to being a fan. I just don't know if anyone would be interested in something like that. You're right. It's a little more acceptable to be a Star Wars fan, but my wife loves Roland Emmerich films. Day After Tomorrow is her favorite movie. She gets mocked mercilessly for it. I love to create something for her and people like her who have to be uh, closet fans because she what what she likes isn't popular. Yeah, well, first of all, it's just the initial question there, Corey. Is positivity, uh, uh, you know, is there a place for it in fandom? Absolutely. Remain positive. Be positive. And it's so funny because uh, I was just talking to someone the other day and there's that popular show uh, called uh, uh, I Hate Movies. I think they're now changing it or have changed it. Like, I love movies. I don't listen to it, and, and uh, someone was telling me about that. I thought that was fascinating. thought that was fascinating. I think because what has happened, yeah, the, the idea of your favorite movie sucks. And there was um, one YouTube reviewer that had a um, similar title, I believe, to his channel. And um, a little bit of a different case, though. But <sighs> the pendulum's always going to swing... And you don't want to be so positive. Like, when it comes to Star Wars, I celebrate Star Wars. That's what we did. We launched Jedi Alliance. It was let's celebrate the greatest saga ever told. We've kind of taken that tagline over to Force Center because it was my tagline, so that went with me. Um, uh, and that's kind of the, you know, we want to celebrate Star Wars from the center of the galaxy, as the Force Center same. And what I found, it changed for me. Um, you don't want to be, again, I, I, where I was kind of going with that thread is I'll get accused sometimes I've seen if uh, I look at Star Wars too positively or through rose-tinted uh, glasses is what I saw specifically. And, uh, you know, they're not wrong, but it's like, what's how do you watch Star Wars? How do you watch all this content? And what happens, it's not that I don't have these nitpicks. If, if The Last Jedi came out in 2005, I'd have a ton of little nitpicks. But now in 2017, when it comes out, The Last Jedi is my second favorite Star Wars film. Because despite a lot of little nitpicks, I let the emotion and themes and tales told in that mo- movie wash over me. Just... Rain in positivity, because it means something to me. And I don't want to watch something from the point of view of prove it to me. Prove that you deserve my love. I want to watch it from the point of view of like, oh, I love this thing. Yeah, there's some things in it, but I'm going to come back to it. So there's a place for the positivity. And what you're feeling, Corey, is, 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 is right. I think more people should feel like that. Now, the problem is, when I talk about the pendulum swinging, I do think you can lose, you know, not uh, not not some sort of critical high ground. Um, some sense of humor can be lost. I always say this. Like, I always say this. Star Wars is pretty silly, and you should laugh at Star Wars. I love a good Star Wars parody. Uh, you know, we all love those, uh, you know, Family Guy or Robot Chicken or even Muppet Babies back in the day. It was a little bit of a Star Wars parody. I love that stuff. But it in this day and age, which is this, the content and the opinions, even more than the content, the opinions just badgering everyone over the head. 
And you have to, oh, you went to a screening of that movie? What did you rate the movie? Well, I don't know. I need to kind of uh, think. No, what did you rate the movie? We need you to go back to the studio, tape your reaction, give us your first thoughts. We'll do a more in-depth review later, but give us your thoughts now. Oh, okay. Um, let me let me go back. We did this for Solo. Uh, the Solo Star Wars story, a movie I love. And one of the reasons I love that movie is because of the character of Kira. And I know the character kind of, uh, there's some layers there. And once I dug in, I, I, I didn't really find that appreciation until like the second or third viewing. But here I am back in a studio, like the next morning, doing a non-spoiler initial reaction review of Solo. I forgot to even mention Kira. Mind you, I'm an Amelia Clark fan, Game of Thrones. Love the love her, love the character. We did a five-minute review or so, and I didn't mention Kira. I didn't even know I didn't mention it. And someone tweeted, and I didn't like the tweet. They took this very righteous indignation. Uh, you didn't even mention the female character. Do better. I understand where that comes from. I understand where that is. But I can tell you, in my head, I was, I was like, oh, God, I didn't even mention Kira. Wow. I didn't have time to really gather my thoughts. And all that has kind of, you know, it's, we, we don't allow for critical thinking, appreciation, poking fun at things you love, and having some distance from some of these things. Right now it's all here. It's all in your face. It's all in your face. You have to like it or you have to hate it. That's a dangerous place to be in all of life. Relationships, politics, what we like, what we watch. Uh, that lack of nuances is, is, I think, a bigger problem than anything. So what's happened is you kind of, especially if you're doing it, you kind of have to choose. So when it comes to Star Wars specifically, I have chosen to celebrate Star Wars and to really dive into the little moments and find out what they mean. Again, how do you watch Star Wars? With your mind or with your heart, you know? Like, how do you watch it? And, like, I think that's more important. So I, I, I don't like that I have to choose a side. I'd love to have a debate on page or on a podcast where we could discuss, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with everything that Holdo did in the movie or, or Poe. And, yeah, why didn't Poe get more discipline? I'd love to have that conversation. But you can't, because if you have it, someone on the other side jumps down your throat. But if you say, all right, you know, I didn't like this about Holdo, but I love that she sacrificed herself. Ah, the other side will jump down your throat. So if you got to choose, choose positivity. And I hope you uh, change that uh, thing from your favorite movie sucks to your favorite movie is cool. Now, Comedy comes from a darker spot. So let's bring up something specific. Sometimes I don't like talking about specific channels because then someone will tweet that person or that channel. So, hey, Ken's talking about you. Let's talk about CinemaSins. Big fan of CinemaSins back in the day. I got it. It was fun. They said clearly, hey, we actually like a lot of these movies, but no movies without sin. I believe that. Empire Strikes Back. I love Empire. It's a near-perfect movie. Near-perfect. Nearly perfect. Not perfect. You can have a couple little moments, poke some fun. 
couple of moments to have some questions and it not ruin your fandom or not negate your love of it. So I thought that, to me, what Cinema Sense and even early on what Honest Trailers was doing, and I think Honest Trailers has done a little bit, you know, uh, kept its way, but I think Cinema Sense kind of, it got too big. It went from three minutes, seven minutes to 18, 20 minutes, then then it became maybe a bit of a problem. But I, st- I still, I don't watch them but as much, uh, um, but met them and, and nice enough guys. But like, uh, I think then it wasn't necessarily Cinema Sense's fault, but I think they got taken too seriously by a lot of their fans. So now it became the gospel. Oh, CinemaSin said, oh, you like The Last Jedi? Well, CinemaSins put out their uh, Sins video, and they say, that's, 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 that's not how it goes. But that said, CinemaSins was very funny back in the day. And again, I don't watch it much regularly uh, now, but it was funny. It would make me laugh. Honest trailers make me laugh. And we've lost a little bit of sense of comedy. Now, I'm not. This isn't a conversation about offense and offending people and all those kind of things. Different conversation. Some, some, some merit to it. I think once you get on a stand-up comedy stage, within reason, and I'll put that caveat. Within reason, you should say what you want to say. Comedy shouldn't be censored at all. Now, again, within reason. Someone's. But what about within reason? I think some of this, what's gone on with online media and everything, has affected comedy. I used to do the schmoes no movie news. I don't. A lot of reasons I don't. Change, just the idea of change being one of them. Um, Time and compensation, all those type of things. But the biggest reason is I just kind of saw the landscape changing. And there was more of a chance for me to go into my Kednabzuk, Schmozno movie news character. And it was a character. There was a bigger oppor- bigger chance, not opportunity, but a bigger chance for me to go on there and say something. Maybe make fun of Tom Cruise and him being tinier. Or, you know, Scientology is maybe an easier target. But say I don't go for that joke because I want to do something different. Maybe I go for, uh, you know, Tom Cruise is... Five six or five five seven, and it's shorter. And I make a joke. Well, then next, you know, I'm a, you know, offending a short person again. This isn't about the offense thing, but it's about I felt I couldn't do what I had done. That if I even forget even the height thing, let's not even go there that specific. But if I made fun of Tom Cruise, now I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan. I actually really like Tom Cruise. Collateral is one of my favorite movies of all time. And him and Magnolia, he's a movie star. He might be uh, an alien weirdo or whatever he is behind the scenes. I don't know. I don't care. I react to him. I like him. I am a fan. I also think he's on the shorter side, as am I, by the way. I also think he's a little weird, and I might make a reference to it. On Schmoes, I would make a reference to it. But then now that might be taking away the joy of Tom Cruise from someone. And it would get confused. It would be taken too real. As if I'm saying some fact. Now all this rambling, oh, I'm all over the place. I'm all over the place. But this is what the Q&As do. They get me thinking about things I normally don't think about or talking about things I normally don't talk about. And it was kind of upsetting. And I never had a big problem. And I'm smart. At least I, like, I, I, you know, I think I'm dumb, but I'm also smart enough to know I'm not going to 
you know, go and say stupid things during the Schmoes No News, but I said I w- it was a character. So often I would make jokes about me, and I became the easier target. I'd make jokes about me being lonely or can't get women, all these kind of things. Some of them not necessarily true, but it was taken as gospel because I was saying it on the Internet uh, with my real name. So if I say something about Tom Cruise on the Internet using my real name and it's a joke about him, the assumption is now I don't like Tom Cruise or Ken doesn't like Tom Cruise, and I do, and he just took away my joy from it, and then it becomes a problem. So, I decided to stay on the positive side and not do that stuff anymore. And that's what I do with Star Wars, too. I would love... I would love to question some things, but I feel if I do, it's taken the wrong way. So, day after tomorrow with Roland Emmerich... Kind of silly, kind of big and bombastic. And I think it's great that Corey's wife loves Day After Tomorrow. Just because I think parts of that movie are silly and bombastic doesn't mean I don't enjoy silly and bombastic. So she should enjoy it. She should keep enjoying it. Thank you, Corey. I hope, well, I don't know if that answered anything, but I definitely talked. Two questions left here, and this one, well, you know what? I wasn't going to do this one, actually, to be honest with you. Um, but we're going to do it. I, I've been talking about Star Wars uh, enough, so here we go. If you if you don't listen to Force Center and you like Star Wars, me, Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa, launched Force Center in 2015, and that's my favorite place to talk Star Wars. Head on over to the Force Center podcast feed. But Jay... Jay has this question for us. Star Wars question for you. Do you think that Thrawn, Grand Admiral Thrawn, deserves his own movie? The character of Grand Admiral Thrawn was created in and around 1991 with Timothy Zahn's expanded Star Wars universe novels, uh, Heir to the Empire, Dark Force Rising, and The Last Command. Grand Admiral Thrawn was from the Chiss Ascendancy, a race of blue-skin kind of aliens with red, burning red eyes. Very smart, very methodical, uh, charismatic in a quiet way. It was a great character. Uh, I loved Thrawn. I loved Thrawn. Then the character was brought back after Disney wiped away the old uh, Star Wars legend, something that I love. Something uh, uh, to this day I think was a great idea by Disney because the Legends stories are mostly, mostly bunk. And I will fist fight you in the streets over that one. You can have your Luke clone and your Palpatine's triclops tri-eyed son and Chewie being crushed by a moon and a spaceship being a rocket. It is just bad. Bad Star Wars stories, but a lot of good stuff remains. So Disney did take some of it, and they brought back Thrawn into new canon. And not only that, Timothy Zahn's writing Thrawn again. Um, and of course, he appears in Star Wars Rebels. So if you're listening and you're not sure who Grand Admiral Thrawn is, that's the character. So to the question, should Thrawn have his own movie? No. Decidedly, no. 
it is kind of a boring character. I got to admit now, if you out there like Thrawn, and I hope you do, because I want people to love Star Wars characters of all kinds, it is not for me. Thrawn is not for me anymore. I have come to this realization. I think there's a great potential in Thrawn. I love reading, reading Thrawn's stories. love hearing more about the character. But no, Thrawn couldn't have his own movie. I don't think he can carry his own movie, and I don't, I don't want that to happen. But other people out there might. Um, and it is, uh, if I'm being honest, I was going back and poking through some Air of the Empire stuff. It doesn't hold up for, for me as much as it does for other people. Uh, mm, nostalgia berries can sometimes clog up your, uh, your, your memories there, right? It's okay. Nostalgia is great. And I think in the end, I really do love that they brought the character back into new canon. They brought Rook, his bodyguard, in as well. Actually, kind of in the end, like Rook a little bit more, a little bit better than Thrawn. So, no, I don't think that's the case. I just think he is a different style character from a different time of Star Wars stories, which is the 90s. Not talking prequels here. We're talking the stuff that happened outside of George Lucas's mind that George himself has said, eh, they got their stories, uh, my stories, my Star Wars is kind of over here. And George himself, George himself did not really ever follow his own canon, as we know, uh, in the prequels, which I love. I love the stories, love the characters, love everything about them. But you want to talk about nitpicks? Yeah, I have some nitpicks. I have some nitpicks. So to answer that question, Jay, uh, nope, Thrawn... I don't think he deserves his own movie. Ooh, Ken, I thought you were going to be positive about Star Wars. Oh, no. I can be positive about Thrawn. He's a great supporting character in other people's stories. So, could he appear in a movie? Yeah. Now, that I'd actually really like. But I don't want a Thrawn movie. Throw a moon at me. Throw a moon at me. Final question of the night comes from our good friend Kyle Harlow. Kyle has helped design some very fun shirts for the afternoons with Josh and Ken. And you can go to tpublic.com slash user slash Ken Knapsack and look at some of the shirts. I would say wait for a sale. Wait for those T-Public shirts to go on sale. It goes often, but check on in. Um, Kyle uh, made uh, my, one of my new favorite shirts, which is the Afternoons Jam shirt styled after the NBA Jams classic T-shirts. All right. Enough self-promotion for Kyle's awesome work on my shirts. He asks, we've seen your movie trivia skills, movie movie trivia skills, Star Wars trivia skills, and you've briefly mentioned your success at other trivia night events. What are your best trivia categories outside of movies? Do you have any good trivia night stories? Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. So I am good at trivia in general. I'm just good at stupid pointless knowledge. There's no reason to have a lot of this knowledge in your head. Now, I do believe you should learn from history, study history, and that's one of my strengths, history. But it is not in like, um, how do you say this? Um, it's, it's, it's not that I, I, I mean, you know, a David McCullough expert and can write one of the books we were talking about previously uh, on the Q&A. Um, I just have a good general 
knowledge. I might not know the number of, uh, you know, what President uh, James Buchanan is, but I can whittle it down in my brain and take a guess. You know, I don't know. Was it 19, 20? I don't know. But it's around then, right? You know? And so a lot of my success stories comes from just knowing in general things. There's that word again, things. As far as successes, eh, you know, I haven't been at a trivia, like a bar night trivia in a while. Uh, the last time um, a couple friends of mine, Michelle Boyd, invited me on her team to guest one night and uh, met up with some of her friends, and, and, and we, we did good. We did good. We won. We won. Not a lot of prizes, but we won. But I have uh, played, there's a like a PlayStation game, at least it was on PlayStation 3, where you could like, uh, gosh, what was it? Um, and it wasn't like, it wasn't like, uh, the, it was, uh, people know. But anyways, there was like a game show vibe. There was a little host and silly little games throwing pies in people's faces and everything. But it was a, a trivia show and it was because it was hooked up online. You would get updated questions. And so me and my friend Scott, a lot of you guys have heard, might, might remember Scott Tommaso on the Knapsack Files early on. Uh, he is the lamer, video, layman video gamer on Twitch. He'd come over, his uh, wife and my roommate at the time, and we'd sit there and play this, this trivia video game. And me, Lou, my, Lou Santini, who's been on the show before, and Scott, and all other competitors, all age ranges and whatnot, uh, genders, everything, all the demographics, we, the three of us would play against them and pretty much eventually be kind of asked to s- stop playing because the three of us, it would just always come down to us for the for most part. And I I can't, I, like I said, I can't say I have a specific topic. Just no, I know music, I know pop culture, but I just, again, history. Uh, we'd go into like the Olympics and I'd get a lot of that stuff. We'd go into even with some science stuff. And I just, I just have a lot of general useless knowledge. That's why I'm always a little bummed that the, the movie trivia schmodown is, of course, based around movie trivia. The movie trivia schmodown, um, you know, occasionally I think they've done some special ones. Have they done ones with TV? Nah, I don't know. Um, but the Star Wars one, yeah, it's, it's very specific to me. I have that skill. But I, I'm okay on the movie ones. I've, I've surprised some people with what I know. But I'm always a little bummed that there's just not schmodown trivia, like just in general. If it was just a regular... Regular bar night trivia, but done in the Schmodown style, I would be a championship contender. That would be the trivia story I want to tell. And those are the questions that I have answers to. I think they were answers, or you just got my thoughts. I hope it was interesting. Let me know. Let me know either way. <laughs> Tweet me, Ken, hashtag the Knapsack Files. Good on you. Or Ken, hashtag the Knapsack Files. Nope. I don't know what I'm asking for right there. I might be asking for trouble. But it was always fun. Thank you to those who submitted questions uh, both this week and last week. This week, Tamor, Chris, Corey, Jay, and Kyle. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, uh, if you want to uh, join the Patreon page and consider, uh, uh, please consider going to patreon.com slash files. A lot of different levels, a lot of different rewards. Uh, Like soon... Very soon, I'm doing the Ghostbusters watch-along. At the time of release, I'm just a couple days away from actually watching Ghostbusters for the first time right here, right here, 
on uh, at my studio here via Rabbit, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So that was made possible by my Patreon supporters. And, of course, as I say, every week I have to do these shout-outs to these special uh, uh, supporters, the people that really make things happen. Everyone does, but these are my producer and executive producer supporters. Uh, you can uh, uh, find out if you if you want to uh, be a, a higher-level supporter, go and check it out. But Jason Humphreys, we call him the hump. Pags, Kai Thatch, Kyle Gerbrandt, Zach Anderson, Donald Long, Jonas Berggren, the aforementioned Corey Morissette, Graham Bell, the aforementioned Kyle Harlow, uh, Ty Schallenberger, my old friend from high school. He is now working with me behind the scenes on this stuff, uh, giving me emotional uh, support. And then uh, Michelle Cox at Vegas 3D Kids. Follow her. She's got her kids out there in Vegas doing engineering work. Um, and they sometimes need help getting supplies. More on that on my feed soon. The executive producer tier, DJ Snacks, Thomas Risling, who is part of Casterly Talk. You can find that on uh, Spotify, iTunes, uh, like 11 other formats, and including Anchor. Just type in Casterly Talk if you want to hear some Game of Thrones. The pilot's out. More on the way. It's my next Patreon goal. We got Lethal Logan X, Matthew Simon, Bedore, Jacob at Legends Con, uh, Matt Maroney, Matthew Thompson at TMP Media Productions, Tamor, uh, Nikki Baldwin, new member, and we've got ourselves at Empire Growing here. Tamor's brother, Abdul, now part of the executive producer tier as well. And he's already, he's given me some great advice uh, for something going on uh, with my uh, podcast, uh, the, the private feed on Patreon. We're working on making sure everyone gets that and uh, not miss an episode. So that is that. I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank you all for continuing to support in any way and listening and spreading the word is the best support I can get until next time. I'm sorry to all the Grand Admiral Thrawn fans. We'll see you. That's the Knapsack Files for this week. <laughs>